Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. Post fight thoughts. Dun, dun, dun. Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. As usual, before we jump into this next episode, I want to remind you guys you can hit me up on Twitter at FightJunkie.com. Follow me on Parlor at FightJunkie. Listen to me on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, Amazon. Basically, anywhere you can find a podcast. I'll be there. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel. Oh, wait. Hold up. Scratch that. YouTube deleted my channel. Um, let me think. Okay. I got it. You can also subscribe to the Rumble channel. Rumble.com slash Fight Junkie. Want live stream? Twitch. Dot TV slash real fight junkie won't go 12 full rounds. We did it. We hit. Took a little bit longer than I was expecting, but the won't go came in. Now, if you have already listened to my pre-fight podcast, you know everything I'm talking about. If you haven't, or if you just want to go back and check, double check, triple check, everything that I'm going to reference here, it's archived on any of the platforms that you're listening to me mumble on right now. You can go back and listen to it and make sure that I'm on the up and up. But we had mentioned uh, coming into this fight that Wilder was working on a few things, and those few things could add a wrinkle to his game that could really... Give him, him an advantage in certain circumstances, especially when Tyson Fury was coming forward. And if you didn't see it, go back. Watch the first knockdown that uh, Wilder scores against Fury in the fourth round. He did it exactly how we predicted he would be able to do it if he was able to understand and adjust and realize that he needed to create the distance. As Fury was trying to crowd him, he caught him coming in perfectly with a right hand shot that did a stanky leg on Fury and when fighters do the stanky leg they are hurt that is no joke the fact that Fury was able to get up from that and come back from that and ultimately win the fight via an 11th round stoppage is extremely impressive because even as he said at the post fight um, uh, press conference or after the fight he was severely hurt from that shot. That was a right on the money shot and Wilder delivered it perfectly as Tyson came forward. He got careless. He made a mistake. We talked about all of this. Everything everyone said Wilder couldn't do, he actually did and knocked Fury down. Here's a wrinkle. The pre-fight podcast was done before they weighed in. They both weighed in at the heaviest weight of their career, but I didn't think it affected Tyson as much as it would Wilder. So when they weighed in on the socials, I posted, and again, you can check this, at FightJunkie.com on Twitter, but I had posted that I thought it would be interesting to see how Wilder was able to carry that much weight. And not only that, but it was all muscle. I mean, he was shredded, but that is a lot of muscle. It uses a lot of oxygen. And I think he made a critical error tonight by coming in that heavy. Personally, as I watch this fight and I watch Tyson Fury, I don't think this was the best Fury that we have seen. His defense and even his offense didn't look spot on to me. 
I think he was off. And I think if Wilder would have utilized this exact same game plan, but come in lighter, he would have been able to do what he did in the fourth round, but he would have had that opportunity for longer throughout the fight. Because here's the problem. People are going to say it was the same old Wilder. He went back, he muffed up, he got beat down, and eventually got knocked out. And that's true to an extent. But the issue is is he was trying to do the new and improved game plan. He actually was able to do it. He knocked Tyson Fury down, and that was a hard shot. It only takes one from Deontay Wilder to put you down. He's proven that time and time again. You wouldn't need many opportunities. But his cardio, in my opinion, failed him. I thought he was tired from the second round. And basically from three on, including the fourth when he dropped Fury twice. But to be fair, the second knockdown really wasn't like a legitimate knockdown. It was legitimate. He did land a punch, but I don't think it was as severe as the first knockdown. I think actually Tyson went down because he was still hurt from the first knockdown. And he still hadn't fully recovered. So basically a strong win probably would have knocked him over. But he was able to do the game plan in certain spots. But he was so damn tired that he went back to what he knows because he was trying to survive. And the survival was, I'm just going to cover up. I'm going to catch my breath. And I'm going to launch a haymaker. Prior to that, in the first and second round, when the announcers were proclaiming that it was just so amazing what Wilder was doing. He was being aggressive and throwing all these punches. I do have to give credit to Lennox Lewis because he was saying this might be too many punches. And it was! It was way too many punches for Wilder to be throwing, especially at his career-high weight with all of that muscle. In my opinion, that was a terrible way to start the fight, a way everyone suggested he should. Come out, jump right on Fury, get in his ass, and try to knock him out. But that's not when he knocked Tyson Fury down, now is it? He knocked Tyson Fury down when he was moving backwards and Tyson Fury was coming forward. That's when he did the damage. Just like we talked about in the pre-fight podcast that everybody said, there's no way you can box, you can't outbox Tyson Fury, blah, 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 blah. If you want to listen to the rant, go back, listen to the pre-fight prediction podcast. I break everything down about how he was going to be able to try to do it and if he would be able to do it, what the ramifications could potentially be. And you saw that. He ran Tyson right in to that right hand and almost finished the fight right there. The cardio issues were a huge problem for Wilder because basically he was fighting on fumes for most of the fight. It's truly stunning and amazing how much heart Deontay Wilder has. I've been critical of his technique since he broke on the scene and I think a lot of people have. Of course, I gave him credit where credit is due and said, hey, what he does works. He brings the power. He doesn't need many shots and he's knocking people out. But his heart can never be questioned, in my opinion. He showed that in the second fight when he was spent with the broken equilibrium, bouncing all over the place, getting knocked down, was pissed that they threw in the towel, fired his trainers, and all the saga that happened after that. And you saw again tonight, the dude just simply will not give up on himself. And that has to be applauded because... He has taken a lot of abuse in these last two fights back-to-back against Tyson Fury. 
And in this fight, he went 11 rounds, basically, in my opinion, running on E. The gas tank was on E since the third round. He was, again, go back and watch the fight. You could see in the second round, he was starting to breathe a little harder. Third round, fourth round, fifth round, it got progressively worse. He, he was in dire straits a lot of the times because of his failure to breathe. I personally think if Tyson Fury would have been on, he would have finished Wilder far earlier than what he did. Because here's a mistake that Tyson was making. And I know why, why he was doing it to some degree. But I also think it has to do with his lack of being in really great condition and shape. And I don't attribute that to the extra four or five pounds he came in. I just don't think he had a good camp. Everything surrounding that, again, pre-fight podcast, I mentioned that. Then after I did the podcast, I had even heard that uh, Jared Anderson, who also fought on the undercard as one of his sparring partners, actually knocked him out in sparring and that's why the fight got postponed i don't know if that's true or not so it wasn't included in the pre-fight podcast and i'm not speaking it as gospel but it just leads to the to the illusion that this wasn't the best camp that tyson tried to claim it was and in my opinion you could see that in his performance especially defensively he looked really off in my opinion And you could see that his defense or his lack of confidence in his defense led to his lack of confidence in his offense. And you're you're probably thinking, what the are you talking about? I'll explain it. Generally, Tyson's very slick on the outside. So he had a dead man in front of him for a very long time, right? A lot of rounds you could see over and over and over. It looked like Deontay Wilder was literally going to just pass out, flop on the floor, and be over. But Tyson wasn't confident enough in being able to make Deontay Wilder miss the big right hand from the outside, then counter with his punches and put him away. So what did he do? Because he wasn't confident in his defense, he went to the punch-clinch offense. And in my opinion, this is what extended the fight 11 rounds. Yes, Deontay Wilder's tough. Yes, Deontay Wilder can crack. Yes, Deontay Wilder was still a threat. Yes, Deontay Wilder did not give up on himself. And yes, Deontay Wilder was still trying to knock Tyson Fury out to the very last second before he got cracked and put down on the canvas. Yes, all of that is true. But I still think if Tyson Fury would have been spot on with the D, it would have led to a quicker stoppage of a fatigued Deontay Wilder because he would have made Deontay miss one of those wide looping shots. He would have came back and hit him clean, clean and cleaned his clock just like he did at the very end because you could see as the rounds progressed, basically Tyson Fury could not miss when he threw at Deontay Wilder. This was similar to the second fight in that regard, especially when they were up against the ropes. Tyson Fury really could not miss, but he would land a good shot and immediately clinch and smother himself and go to the inside fight. Now, I know what people are thinking. Well, he was just wearing Deontay down. He was doing what he did in the second fight. He was using his extra 40 or 50 pounds he had in a weight advantage. He didn't need to do that at this point. Deontay Wilder was on rubber legs. It was spaghetti man out there. There was no need. You had accomplished your goal. You had a fatigued fighter in front of you. You needed to make him miss, and you needed to let your offense go. Because, again, a fatigued Deontay Wilder moves back, straight back, muffs up, 
goes up against the ropes and takes a beating. He did it in the second fight, and he did it once he got fatigued in the third fight. Tyson Fury had an opportunity, many opportunities, many rounds that he could have done this. But in my opinion, it was a combination of him not being spot on with the defense. And I don't really think his cardio was up to snuff where it allowed him to just go balls to the wall and do exactly what he wanted to do all the time. Because think about it. He's not spot on on the D on the outside with the head movement. You saw that. The commentators even said a little blurb about it. Like that head movement's not there. He's very, very stationary and upright. Well, that's not how Tyson Fury fights. Even if he's being flat-footed, he'll still move the upper body, make you miss, and come back with a counter. Instead, he wasn't doing that. He was basically blocking a shot or stepping back, making uh, Deontay Wilder miss, and then coming in with a punch or two and then clinching. Well, once he was doing that, he stifled his own offense. So it was actually benefiting Wilder, who was beat down, hurt, bloodied, and so fatigued a lot of the times it looked like Tyson wouldn't need to land very many punches and Deontay Wilder would go down. But that didn't happen. It took far longer, in my opinion, than it should have. And that's not saying that Deontay Wilder would have just crumbled. But you can only take so much. And when you look at that fight and you look at it round by round, Wilder progressively got worse and worse and worse to the point that I think if it wasn't Wilder, if it wasn't Fury, if it wasn't this big of a fight, if there wasn't the controversy about the tower, towel being thrown in, if if Deontay wasn't throwing a haymaker here or there, that fight could have easily been stopped. Just from the optics, it looked like you had a dead man in front of you, and nobody wants to see a tragedy. You go from the second fight and the abuse that he took, and then the abuse that he was taking in the third fight, and you could easily make a case that that fight could have been stopped far below he went spark out in the 11th round. Like, if you're a Deontay Wilder fan, if you're a Tyson Fury, uh, I bet him by KO... Uh, better or an under better you could have made a case here and said wait a minute I don't want to see Deontay Wilder hurt yeah he's still game but generally speaking you know as the rounds went on the offense is less and less there's less of a threat you know it's more labored it's more arm punches and he was taking a lot of abuse I think you could make a case that the fight could have been stopped by a referee or a doctor. We knew going in there was no way in hell his corner was going to stop the fight. So it was going to be incumbent on one of those two people to stop the fight. I, I, don't, I would not argue if somebody said Wilder took too much abuse. Yeah, it was game. And yeah, there was threats here and there. But, you know, after XYZ rounds... It should have been stopped. I wouldn't argue that because watching it live, I was thinking the same thing. Like, yes, we had the under, but you could tell at a certain point that even though Wilder was still trying and even though he was still landing punches here and there, a lot of his steam was gone and it was one and dones and they were far and few between. So you could see this progression happen round by round by round and you could see that it was getting uh, deeper and deeper and deeper waters for Wilder and he was going to have a much harder time pulling the one punch knockout out of the basket in fact I think at the end of the fight um, Fury was up 94-91 I believe twice and 95-92 I think once on the cards so he basically had the fight if you know if nothing crazy went and we're just seeing what we were seeing for most of the rounds he he had the fight in the bag on the cards but I, I just think that we saw a Fury that 
wasn't a hundred percent. I think he looked actually better in the second fight. I will give credit for Wilder because he did adjust, even though he's not going to get credit for adjusting because people were going to say, well, the first two rounds he came out like the old Wilder. He was pushing the pace, pushing Fury back and throwing his long looping shots. And then they're going to say, well, in the fourth round, he caught him with the right hand. But they're going to overlook the way that he caught him with the right hand. And it was specifically what he had been training, specifically what uh, we spoke about in the pre-fight podcast that could potentially happen if he was able to actually, in the fight, use that technique. And it worked. I I think he's going to look back at this and he's going to really hang his head low for the fact that he came in so heavy I just don't understand that I know they spoke about it saying that it was to keep Tyson Fury off of him they had been benching a lot of weight so they would be used to that and be able to push Tyson off but you could see that really wasn't the case first two rounds he's just fighting normal pushing Tyson back and then once he got fatigued Tyson was all over him in fact there was far more clinching Obviously, this fight went 11. The first, the second fight went 7. But there was far more clinching in this fight than in the second fight. And Wilder was far more fatigued, in my opinion, in this fight than he was the second fight. Even though the optics look similar because that's already what he reverts back to. But he got tired way quicker, in my opinion, in, in this third fight than he did in the second fight. And I didn't see any benefit to that to that huge weight gain and benching 350 pounds it wasn't like he was just launching Tyson off of him and landing long right hands it it was the opposite it was more clinching here he was more fatigued and they basically hung on each other for a lot of the rounds a lot of the minutes of the rounds were fought in a clinch and it was a, a lot of dirty boxing in that clinch and when you're fatigued obviously I mean even as Corner said, you're you're making silent agreements here, meaning you're letting him clinch you. So that weight, in my opinion, did him a disservice. And I think it actually could have potentially cost him the fight. I really do, because I don't think we saw a prime Tyson Fury tonight. I just don't. I think he was off. And I think the opportunity was there for Wilder to steal this fight via KO. I think if he would have came in at his normal weight, and I think he would have been able to utilize his game plan longer before he got tired. And he already showed you in the fourth round what he could do imagine if he had that ability for longer what if he had it for six rounds or seven rounds or eight rounds I mean the guy's got heart he never stopped trying so you know if he had the cardio if he had if he had the ability he was going to try to knock Tyson Fury out it's just he would have had a better opportunity with great cardio and luring Tyson in because he did exactly what we talked about. He made a mistake. Tyson Fury got overconfident. He had already dropped Deontay Wilder in the third round. He thought it was going to be another quick stoppage over Wilder. He thought he had him where he needed him. He could see he was fatiguing and he came in. Misjudged what Wilder could do. Wilder adjusted the distance. Boom, landed the right hand, and he saw the lights flash right in front of his face. And from then on, it was a real battle because Wilder had been down once. Tyson went down twice in the fourth round. Even though Wilder was tired, that uplifted him. That gave him hope, right? Now Tyson has to be extremely careful with his offense because he made a mistake, was overconfident, was going in for the kill, and got caught and almost knocked out. So now he has to be 
more cautious. And then you saw a lot of clinching going on. I get why he did it. He had been caught. He had been hurt. And he was really hurt. Really hurt. And so he had to play a safer game with his offense. If his defense would have been on, I still say the offense would have been there and we would have had a quicker night. That's not to discredit Deontay Wilder. I don't want anybody to think that's what I'm doing because he is game and you would have had to put him out. It wasn't going to be just an easy out where he just, you know, gets grazed by a shot and quits. That wasn't going to happen. But I just think Fury's offense was there. I think it was... I think he had the ability to land combination punches if he would have been in shape and if he would have been confident in his defense that if Wilder launched one of those right-hand missiles in between his combinations, his head movement and his upper body movement would have been good enough to avoid that shot and he wouldn't have to worry about getting caught. You saw a lot of times he was allowing Deontay Wilder to fire straight down the middle, one-two, and he was just using a muff defense. You don't usually see that with Tyson Fury. And that's, in fact, where he got caught. He had no head movement whatsoever. It was straight, right down the middle, right hand, boom, right on the chin. So overall, I mean, we we got the win. The A lot of people that were favoring Tyson and favored him inside got the win. But it was a far more difficult fight than I think a lot of people would have thought it was going to be for both fighters, in my opinion, because Wilder took an absolute beating. He took a lot of abuse in this fight for 11 rounds and then got put down extremely hard in the 11th round. I think a lot of people thought if Wilder was going to go, it was going to be similar to the second fight. And you could say it was almost identical, but this was a lot longer, 11 rounds versus seven. I think most people thought if Tyson was just going to maul him, he was going to maul him, put him in the corner, beat him down, and eventually the ref or the doctor or something would happen and they would stop it. I don't think a lot of people thought that you would see... Uh, severely fatigued Deontay Wilder from basically the two, maybe three rounds on. Fight as well as he could fatigued and be allowed to survive so long being fatigued. Obviously, the threat of his power and the right hand specifically was enough of a worry for Tyson Fury that he was totally content with limiting his offense closing the distance and clinching with Deontay Wilder so he didn't have to worry about getting sparked with the right hand. And that tells you something about Deontay Wilder's power because if Tyson Fury was that worried about that, when you're talking about a dead man walking that basically looks like a strong wind would blow him over at any point in the fight, that tells you what kind of power he possesses even when he's fatigued. That's why I think... He's going to be upset when he goes back and looks at this and wonders why he got fatigued so fast. And I think anybody that was back in Deontay Wilder is kind of going to be like, oh, shucks, man, what what we could have had here. Because I think the game plan was correct. I said that in the beginning about trying to lure Tyson Fury in, have him make a mistake or adjust the distance and land a counter shot. I know a lot of people thought that was crazy because they didn't think Deontay had the ability But he did show he had the ability, but here's the thing. He didn't show he had the ability to do it consistently. And I think that's straight up 100% due to fatigue. Once you fatigue, man, I mean, everything changes. And and he's having to deal with this big dude on him, 
all the weight, all the pushing, the punches that he's taken, and still trying to deliver haymakers. He's missing. He's getting more tired. I mean, it's very, very difficult to fight a technical fight when A, you've never been a technical fighter, and B, you're severely fatigued. So he showed he could do it in spots. So that gives you hope if you're back in Deontay Wilder's future is that maybe he can adjust. If he gets his weight right, I think he needs to go back down. I think he needs to deal with the speed, you know, worry about having speed. He's always going to have the power. You don't need to bulk up to have more power. He has power. And worry about that conditioning so it allows you to be able to implement some of the techniques, the new things that you're trying consistently. Because even though he has one-punch knockout power, you want to do this consistently, especially against a guy like Tyson Fury, who's proven how many times now? He's been knocked down, what is that, four times in two fights by Deontay Wilder, I think it is? Uh, four, four times in three fights by Deontay Wilder. And so he's proven that he's able to get back up. So obviously the game plan should have been, hey, we may have to put this man down three, four, five, ten times to keep him down and get the win. So with that, you would think that you would be focused on cardio instead of this weight training strength thing. When everybody knows if it was all about strength, then bodybuilders would be heavyweight champions. That's not how it works. In fact, a lot of times those muscles use up oxygen and you get very, very tired. This is why you see in any combat sport, you see these muscle-bound guys, a lot of times they fatigue very quickly because those muscles need oxygen and they're sucking it all up. Next thing you know, they're huffing and puffing. So I think that was the critical error and the deciding factor in the fight, if I'm being honest. I think Deontay Wilder's conditioning, whether you want to contribute that to the weight gain, which I do, or just say he didn't put in enough work or he came out too fast or whatever the case is. But I think his lack of cardio is ultimately what led him to losing the third fight. Now, going forward, we're going to talk about, well, is Tyson Fury going to fight Usyk? Is he going to fight uh, the mandatory? Is AJ going to fight Usyk? I heard there's a rematch clause there. What happens if AJ wins? It could be a huge whole mess. So we won't go down that rabbit hole. But I will say this about Deontay Wilder. I hope he takes some time off because he's had brutal back-to-back fights against Fury and you could say well he took 20 months off between the second and the third fight but he just took a lot of abuse here he's going to be a contender in the division he's going to be right up there with all of the top guys including Tyson Fury so he's going to be in the mix so I don't think there's any rush to come back I think he needs to heal and I think he needs to get his cardio in order Right. If that means bring his weight down, whatever the case is, I personally think that. But bring his weight down, get his cardio on point and keep working on the techniques that he's been working on. I don't think that's a bad thing for him to be able to have the ability to move back and draw somebody in. Nine times out of ten, let's be real, he's probably not going to need that. There's very few people like Tyson Fury that are willing to go into the fire and take what's coming at them because they know that they can exploit Deontay Wilder's inability to fight off the back foot. So most people are going to do what Tyson Fury did in the first fight, which is stay away, which is detrimental to their chances of beating Deontay Wilder because he wants you to stay away because he wants you at the end of his punches, just like we spoke about in the pre-fight podcast. So nine times out of ten, he's probably not going to need the skills that he worked on for Tyson Fury in the third fight. 
But damn, if it wouldn't be nice to have those in his toolbox. He could get hurt, he could get dropped, he could get cut, he could get tired, and he may have to switch up the game plan. And you know he has the power from round 1 to round 12. If he's tired or fresh, he has that power. So why wouldn't you train the ability to deliver the power going forward or going back? That's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will sock it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.